right. So let me ask at least one question pertaining to what we was here for. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so I, listen, if if this is how your podcast is going to roll, people need to listen to this because this is amazing. <laughs> and it's <laughs> and it's and you've got insight on so many things. Tell us what's going to be on. What's what do you feel like doing, brother? For your podcast, yeah. My podcast, I'm gonna have a few legends on it. My first person was supposed to be Chuck D. Ooh. I, so I got his people. Well, I got him to commit, and then I got to wait for his people to give me a date and stuff like that. But I also just, I think instead of just waiting, I just got to start shooting episodes and stuff. Yes. So I could show him. I could show him. Like, he knows he knows the type of stuff I do and stuff. And he knows me as a rapper and stuff. But um, I just got to show him that I do the podcast stuff. But I want to do stuff like that where it's just, you know, like um, unsung heroes. You know what I'm saying? Like people that we came up listening to that are still around. I'm trying to get Busy Bone on there. I'm trying to get um DMC from Run DMC on there. A Busy Bone is doing like 16 shows. He's yeah, he got his on he got his own YouTube. You know what I'm saying? And he's he got his shit popping and um and he just came out with an album. That shit is pretty hot, you know what I'm saying? So this is the type of thing that I want to shoot for. And um it's just like um I want to do political stuff. I want to talk about politics a little bit. You know what I'm saying? About about anything because music is, I don't know. I still love music, but the world is so much bigger. You know what I'm saying? Listen, music is sometimes fueled by politics. I was about to say, man, culture, man. Culture is fueled by politics. Let's talk about the culture. I I just feel like that's... You know what? Yeah, that's what it is. You're going to be talking about the culture, and it has all of that in it. Yeah. Speaking of politics, how you feeling about... um, White people acting white. I don't know, man. <laughs> you know, you know, my thing is when I was 19 years old, right? When I was 19 years old, I used to, when I was in high school, well, not even in high school, like right after high, in high school, but at 19, I was like towards um sophomore senior year, people started telling me about um NWO and shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. We were all and stuff. And just um secret societies, masonry and shit like that. In 1999, they had told me about the book Behold the Pale Horse. And I was like, yo, I need to get that shit. And you know, it was fucking 1999. So I couldn't just get the PDF online. You know what I'm saying? I had to literally find that book and I could never find it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I could I could never fucking find a book. And um, and I finally found it in 1999. And that shit just changed my whole percep- perception of everything. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of the things that's in that book that came to fru- fruition is like it it just it just keeps going to the point where you're like, damn, bro, this whole shit was written like on some mm-hmm. nah shit, right? Like it was written, but you also grow up and get older, and then you start to think that there's like a um, it's like a genre of thought that is that they try to make you think, right? They want to they want you to be like to keep your mind in a certain bubble that as soon as something happens, we're gonna relate that to another conspiracy. That might have been real, right? Like, everything is crisis actors. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Everything is like, yo, it's hitting. Like, oh, look, it's a fucking symbol right here. Or this is this other thing. But it also teaches you not to look to t- you front and like you looking at it and not taking it in face value. But now you're taking it in face value instead of really trying to dig in what it is, right? So I say that to say this. What was that that we saw? Like, was that really 
could people really do that in modern day America? Just go into the state capitol that easily and break into it and take pictures and do these things and nothing happened to them and, and the government or the people, the powers that be not want that to happen or that the powers that be let it happen to make, to get, because all you see is black people saying like, yo, we would never get away with that. Yeah, which is common we, sense we situation. Never, we would never get away with that. So it kind of, it's kind of in, it's kind of like a collective, fucking hurt. Like we just shaming black people. Like, look, y'all niggas got y'all want rights? Black lives matter. My ass. Look at what white people could do. And yeah, they, yo, just listen, comply. Just listen comply. to what it's like. Listen to what it's like. Fifty-two people listen. were arrested. Right. This is the first article that I read this morning. Fifty-two people were arrested. Four died. Forty-seven. Yeah, four died. And 47 mm-hmm. of them were arrested because of curfew. So oh, that was so five people. So five people got arrested yesterday for that whole shit. Besides it being a curfew. What the fuck happened? That was you let that happen and you wanted it to happen. And there's something behind it that you just want to prove a point. You know what I'm saying? Like white privilege is real and y'all can fight in the streets all you want for Black Lives Matter movement, but you're never going to get the same kind of fucking response when you think that you're fighting for your own struggle. So you have somebody like um, Donald Trump being dangerous and inciting people like, yo, man, this is a fake election. This election, this, that, and the third. But in conjunction with the police that was there, I just saw a video where I saw the police open up the gates for yeah. the people. Yeah. I saw that video. Yeah. They they put the gate open like like it's a club, like it's a fucking uh Woodstock or something, and then you just open the gates <laughs> and let everybody in. So I didn't I, I, I saw that video and I was like, how how I don't know if I want to be a conspiracy theorist or if because I was retired. So now I don't know if I want to stay retired or I'm forced <laughs> to deal with a conspiracy that is just you know what you're gonna have to do? You're gonna have to create a secret Twitter account. And you're just gonna have to drop that that conspiracy up into the ether. Be like, yo, that shit wasn't real. <laughs> that was staged in Connecticut somewhere, and none of those things happened. You find guys me, think it was staged? Find me some real people. No, I, no, I don't think it was staged. I'm or excuse sure me, I, I'm not saying that it. When I say staged, I mean that I believe that all of those people who did that were allowed to do it. In one way oh, or another, and for the the fa- the fact that as you said, only five of them really got arrested for what they did. The other forty seven got arrested for uh, for being the, outside the building and not leaving. You know for, what I'm saying? Uh, for After curfew. Now, yeah, for curfew. Now that is a fucking uh, the national guard. So the right. regular police thought five people did something wrong. Yeah, <laughs> and and I'm like. <laughs> And there's so many things where you could have been like, where they were like, all of these people actually should be arrested because all of these people are part of an insurrection. If we're supposed to be following the rules that you guys tell us are supposed to be the rules, all of these people should have been corralled and arrested. Or if not, if nothing else, given a nice hefty fine so that they don't do this shit again. But no, but that's the thing. They watch you. This is actually this. This is visibly showing you that white privilege is we is real, and yeah. it and it's one thing where we've been saying it for so long. It's just like you know how many times black people have been talking about the bad shit that happens to them, the conditions. But this is putting it right out there, where white people are like, oh yeah, no, we can do this and we can get away with it. We know the rules. But fuck the rules. We're white. 
Yeah, that shit don't apply to them. That's how I'm like, that's how it's hard to believe that it was a natural occurrence or that it was something that they wanted to stop because it just seems like they let it happen and then it got shut down real quick. But it's just something that it's like symbolism. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like everything is they just showing you the symbolism of the the differences of how they treat white people in this situation and how they have it. And people are going to automatically do that. And at the same time, I think that that also does something to the soul where um, it just fills you with disparity. You know what I'm saying? It just fills people with a, with a sense of hopelessness that they might not fight as hard as they want to fight when it's time to fight, because they see that every time they fight, nothing really happens and they do that. And then when they trying to fight for stupid shit, you know what I'm saying? Like these people were fucking fighting for trying to get haircuts in the middle of the pandemic. Right. <laughs> right? The, that's when the fir- them first white people with guns came out and started fucking doing crazy stuff. Even when it's the black lives matter, you know what I'm saying? Like man, white people destroying shit and before black people, you know what I'm saying? And they black people are just mad and they're like, Oh shit, this shit started. Let's get it. Listen, you know what I'm saying? People, like, let's just people... follow it. White people were destroying shit for every fucking World Series and every fucking major sports tournament. Yeah, but I think the difference between that is that they know that these niggas is not really trying to overthrow the government or change anything. Because the whole thing is what we going through last year is that if you you have to um you have to kind of if you want it to be even, right? If the white people is like, yeah, man, we're gonna give people their rights. First of all, you don't give nobody what gives you jurisdiction over me that you're giving me rights. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So people are fed up with that idea in general, but they have to admit that there's an advantage that they have. And that's why they pretend that Black Lives Matter is a terrorist thing and it's something different than asking for basic rights. Because then if you say, yo, can I have basic rights? And you say no, then you look like you fucked up. But if you don't even admit that these people don't have basic rights, right? then you could just negate it. You could just negate the whole situation by saying that it doesn't exist. And that's why if, you know, uh, affirmative action is a thing that, you know, they'll point to and be like, oh, man, we give you jobs. You probably don't even deserve it. And we, But that shit would have never been a thing if people were just, every kind of people was getting jobs fairly. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And then at the end of the day, what you're doing is just basically... You're 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 legitimizing. That was their band aid for a wound they created. That was for crazy. fucking gunshot to the head. You know what I'm saying? And, and, then, and then you know, like you have people fighting for the same job. You know what I'm saying? Or yeah. for that one affirmative action spot. You know what I'm saying? Is even and now like, they mad, and now they're mad at us when we get a position saying that we got it unfairly. Yeah, and you don't even want to admit like yo, that shit is unfair. You know what I'm saying? That's fucked up because then you then what you're saying is that you know it's white privilege and you don't want to give it up. You know what I'm saying? If you want to give it up, then you have to say it's unfair and we should even it up. But the people, their parents, their grandparents, them racist fucking assholes that own Chase and wrote and own every everything since slavery. Those Rothschilds and, and shit. The Rothschilds, all, all the major companies, you know what I'm saying? All the Rockefellers, all the people, the Vanderbilts, all the people that's on the top, that's the, the bankers of the world and stuff like that. They're not going to give that advantage away. Uh-uh. And oh, if no. you think and if you think about it, if we had that advantage, we wouldn't give it away. No. You know what I'm saying? Because we wouldn't, but I don't think we would if we earned it. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't think we would do it in that way. We would just be resourceful and make us, right? And then be like, all right, this is what we made. 
but they made it off the backs of other people of mm-hmm. the whole race, and then they give you, you know, everybody, man, niggas got post stress, fucking post slavery syndrome, all type of shit that you know, like niggas don't want to read books, like it's just simple shit that. <laughs> That they they trained you this way, you know what I'm saying? They trained you to be fearful of the government, you know what I'm saying? Like even now, like I'm not gonna be the first person to go get a fucking COVID vaccine, but we also gotta think that it's a fucking worldwide pandemic. And when you usually would think like, oh, the government gave niggas um syphilis or this that or the third, these are like small controlled things, you know what I'm saying? Now when you're dealing with a whole pandemic, that as much as they hate black people, if you don't cure black people as much as everybody else, then everybody could still get what's going on. Now they have to be fair and just try to solve the shit. Right. Right. Unless unless they're going to give you a certain type of dosage and give somebody else a certain type of dosage. And then you also just got to fill it out and see like, yo, how many black people took it? How many people died? You know what I'm saying? That vaccine stuff is becoming a big conspiracy too because have you guys seen so many videos and pictures where it seems like they're not even giving them a dosage so there's uh nah, that's that's people trying to reach so i saw the yeah. thing with pelosi i saw like stay off have, whatsapp it's just certain things that i also think that people are assholes right so they feed into like i just saw somebody today right that their video they was like uh i have to tell you guys I was paid by the government to fake like I was protesting. I'm so sorry I disappointed you guys. I got paid to fake like a protester. I just got to put this out there. I'm like, yo, bro, you sound like you just want clout, bro. You know what I'm saying? You sound like you just want clout. And it doesn't make sense that any, like, why would the government pay just anybody to do that? Well, yeah, well, you would have to explain. You're going to pay every day. Like, I'm just like, yo, Jamal, I don't even know you, bro, but I give you $200. Go fucking yeah. act like you protesting. And they don't know yeah. how, how loyal you are to the idea of taking money for them and sticking up for this fake shit. So you got to, it's some serious betting that you got to do before you pay people. Listen, there's a lot you can do. You can make people do $4,000. You tell them, hey, $1,000, all you got to do is be but at this what rally. Happened. All right. So how much is that $1,000 worth if the person that, you paid a thousand dollars to fake it the next day is like yo these niggas paid me this guy is absolutely but that's the thing it means absolutely nothing because you achieved you already achieved your goal because again only five people really got arrested so you paid a thousand dollars and three thousand people showed up and they destroyed government property and they disturbed the senate they they i think they they might have yeah, but everybody but so let's say 20 people 100 of those people start saying that they got paid then you it's gonna it's gonna be a level of accountability that's going on that would happen because that's what happened but if mm-hmm. one person says it you know what i'm saying if one person says it it's like fuck that nigga that nigga's lying or he won't clout or this that all people believe him but there's no proof of it but how do you put how do you do something so serious without really knowing if those people got your back and they you know that's like they gotta sign some kind of disclaimer some kind of non-disclosure agreement like yo i'm gonna pay you this there's no way you could say this or i'll sue you or something like you just don't give somebody a thousand dollars and say pretend you're doing some historic shit and then tomorrow if you feel like spilling the beans and you it doesn't make sense you know what i'm saying it doesn't there's no logical reason why you would just give anybody that money to do it 
if they're liable to. I was about to say, it's just that just means that like, what's the agenda going on? You know what I'm saying? Like, the agenda is disruption. Hey, what's up, everybody? WWE Hall of Famer, the Godfather here. Special shout out to B Hyphen and Handsome Bane for the WrestleCast Power Hour, and it's available everywhere podcasts or streams. So, everybody, check them out. You know, the Godfather will, and it's time once again for everybody at the Hyphen Podcast Group to come aboard the whole train. Smell your latest sweaty marks. And speaking of disruptions, Marco Polo, how do you want people to contact you after they've heard this and they want to be like, yo, can I get Nas X in my DMs? Not little Nas X. I'm just saying. Somebody better stay the fuck out of my DMs, bro. (laughs) Let's get 85 million people on there after. You're like, "Mm." nah, it's cool. I mean, my shit, is, my shit is Polo Vision, Marco Polo Vision on on Instagram, Marco Polo Vision on um Twitter and stuff like that. You could um you could Google Marco Polo Vision for YouTube and stuff like that, and um so you can find me Polo Vision or Marco Polo Vision. I can't wait for you to start having these episodes and for me to be like, all right, which legend is he going to be busting down next? I'm I'm really I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna chill because. No, no, uh, no, because look, what goes on is that people, first of all, all these niggas is friends. Yeah. And they all they all live in a state of delusion where they just they don't want to be criticized at certain points. So if I just want to have certain conversations with people, I just got to keep a chill. You know what I'm saying? But it's certain people that not that I can never have a conversation with them because I feel I was about to say, Rock that's my Nation shit getting popping. It'll happen. Right now, yeah, Rock Nation is a dub. I'm not getting that. <laughs> I'm not getting that interview. My Jay Z story. That's one of the things too that I'm gonna do in my podcast is tell my Jay Z stories and tell other. Because when when shit was going down and I just felt like I was being disrespected. I was young. I was stupid. I just stood up for myself. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But I think that in retrospect, a lot mm-hmm. of people, a lot of people in the music business, they just let people disrespect them until they're able to disrespect them back. You know that is that is an almighty pettiness. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. I'm just gonna have to hold my head till I'm in the business. But I I think that's why I I I didn't get to the way I wanted to go. You know what I'm saying? And and I still make music with like I got I just did some shit. Um, I'm working on a mixtape with Rakim's son. His name is Tom L. He's All super right. fire. He's super fire. We got um we got like Dead Prez on that album. We got um we got Ice T on there. We got um. We got Mickey Fax. We got Chris Rivers on there. We got Razkaz. Okay. Yo, Jamal, anybody ever tell you look like Razkaz? Nah. You know Razkaz? You don't know Razkaz? Nah. Yo, maybe Michael. Are, maybe I've heard him. I, I don't know. Michael, you know Razkaz? I do know Razkaz. But I you wouldn't know, be able to tell you like what he what looks like, like now. He looks just <laughs> like Jamal, bro. Gotcha. But he's on the album. He's on. A, he's like a West Coast legend. Okay. A West Coast legend. He yeah, was, yeah, no. I feel like I got a West Coast soul. <laughs> he's, he's stupid, <laughs> though. He's, he's stupid, though. He's definitely a West Coast soul. He's one of my favorite rappers. He was in a group I, I with, like he was I in a group of like, Cannabis, like, Corrupt, and Killer Priest. Yo. Yeah. yeah. The Four Horsemen. I mean, this is crazy. Before I, rem- I remember. What was the single that they dropped? And 
I was like, who, who, di why didn't this come out earlier when we had all of these multi artist groups happening? Cause that was, a, that was a storm. Now, yeah, there was, they, they, I think there was like the original Slaughterhouse. And, um, I think sometimes it's just hard because music is like, it's so like ego driven. Mm -hmm. And when you're like, when you put a lot of dope people together, like when they were supposed to have like Jay Z, DMX, and Ja Rule, right? It's supposed to be a super group, right? Like, it's just so hard to do shit when everybody got something going on. You know what I'm saying? And then people, and then you got to like kind of lay back and say like, oh, all three of us are going to shine. Let's mm -hmm. do this. And then you're tied because now you got to do all the interviews together. You got to try to go on tour and do all these things. So if you're not fully committed to the idea of being around somebody for a longer period than recording the music, then that shit don't really get done. So I think that people usually do that when they're like falling off. You know what I'm saying? Like when they're falling off, they're like, yo, let's make me and you, bro. We should, you know what I'm saying? We when should they do been something together, man. <laughs> you know, yo, what whatever you got time, I'm right attach here. themselves to someone else's brand. Yeah, like to, because, because now it's me and you. Like, oh, remember you was in that group and you was fire? I was in this group or we were solo artists, but we got a similar vibe and we got fan bases. That might be dwindling a little bit, but if we put both our fan base together, we could do shows. You know what I'm saying? Like, I see that shit a lot. And it's like, it's cool, but I wish that hip hop wasn't so ego driven to where niggas would do this shit when you really want to see it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if yeah. Jay-Z and Nas come out with an album right now, that'll be dope. But imagine at the height of their career, if they did it. You know what I'm saying? Which what them two still have beef like is it like they don't have beef no they don't, they don't have, have beef. beef but what i'm saying like if they was to do it now it wouldn't have the impact or it would be as dope as it could be because they're not at top of their game even though they I probably withdraw from each other you know what i'm saying it would still be fire but it's not 99 or 2000 jay-z and nas album you know what i'm saying wait didn't they actually have an album nah. Jay -Z and Nas? yeah or some sort of a reckoning nah. So they had some sort of public reckoning where no they did they it was um it was a concert called i declare war and jay-z came out and he was they was trying to act like he was gonna diss some people and then nas came out and then they shook hands and that's when they made up coming together i seen puff perform with the locks see how i perform with jay-z The return of Beanie Siegel. So I just said, fuck it, you know what I'm saying? It's bigger than I declare war. It's like the motherfucking president presenting the United Nations. So you know what I did? You know what I did for y'all and for hip hop? They've been cool. He was signed to he signed them to Def Jam because Def Jam and um Columbia was like the same label at first. Honestly, anyway, I feel like things are better when it's more organic anyway. True. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like sometimes you can't just can't force that. Like, like that's why I feel like DJ Khaled. Like, that's why when uh. I listen to his albums or something like that. To me, it's just like, oh, I'm just gonna take a bunch of big names out of a hat 
am a throwing a lot of people do record. that shit though. This shit, that's no, what, I understand. That's, Sometimes that's it what works. put me off about the a lot of times it work because that's the nature of the business, you know what I'm saying? It's just having the right, um, you know, like the right collection of people at the right time and or them even be um, committed <laughs> because like, a lot of times sometimes niggas, like i know this i know this guy like um he's a, he was supposed to be um like cannabis manager and killer priest he be like selling features for them and shit like that and he'll buy features from all these niggas and then whenever he feel like it, he'll throw four of them niggas on the song and be like yo it's a new horseman song and there's nothing you could do because he just bought that shit. So it's a lot of oh. so so you could or or you could say a rhyme on one beat and then people change it to another beat and then try to write a hook. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times yeah. the vibes don't really be where it's at unless the people collaborate on at real time or after like yo, I heard your verse and I'm gonna do my verse of your verse. But a lot of times niggas just send a nigga a hook and a beat. Yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. You know what I'm saying? And DJ Khaled seems like he's that type of person. Like he'll just put something together and then he'll just it's, it's not, just stitched, yeah. You know, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And everybody don't be in the studio together all the time. Right. Like you're, that shit helps. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah, I feel like um, you can hear it. I was watching at uh, one of my favorite producers, or currently one of my favorite producers. Uh, he uh, every now and then will start up a he'll start up a video and you know he'll live broadcast. He starts making a beat and then he pulls an acapella verse from any one of the artists he's working with to put it on, and it's amazing and interesting to hear something that was very dead. Because, you know, just the acapella verse, the, and sometimes the way the person is spitting it is not exactly how it even lines up. Yeah. Like, and he just changes it and it's completely different. And you can say it's still in the style of this person, but really it's like you took this and just bastardized it. And it, but it's still good. Yeah. Sometimes people are good at it. A lot, a lot of times, um, I've gotten verses from certain people and it's just like, man, you rap too much on this one beat, nigga. I'm going to have to split that shit up. <laughs> and then you just got to find a beat that goes with it. You know what I'm saying? Like the tempo and, and you could change the tempo up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? If the tempo is mm-hmm. not different. You can speed it up and slow it down without it really fucking up the vocals. I think that's like producing the record. You know what I'm saying? Like producing records to where, you know, uh, Diddy might tell Biggie to be like, "Yo, rhyme on this juicy shit." You know what I'm saying? And Diddy and Biggie's like, "No, I would. This shit is whack. This shit is soft." He's like, "No, nigga, trust me." You know what I'm saying? Then it'd be like one of your biggest records ever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is what happened. True. It's like, and, yeah. See, you didn't want to listen to me. And people don't respect Puffy as much because they don't think that he touches the buttons and does the things. But if I give you the ideas and somebody like I seen, I think that's what um. Kanye West was good at too because when I first seen him coming into the studio like he just has like oh it's a dope ass keyboardist it's a dope ass percussionist you know what I'm saying or this person over here plays a violin or whatever so anytime that you hear his music he really just got the best people of the I, of the given instrument that he's using, you know what I'm saying, and hey. puts it on his beat and works on it, and you just pay the musician. We're like, yo, here's a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars for tonight. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. I fucking I made this banging ass hit record now, and then you know, like you get all this praise and shit. And um, Dr. J was doing that shit too. Yeah. Was he talk, was he talking about Scott Storch? Uh no, his name is uh Kenny Beats. Oh, Kenny Beats. Because <laughs> Scott Storch was doing a lot of that shit for um for Dr. Dre. Yeah, 
Yeah. Like, like he did this for Still <laughs> yeah. Dre. Like he did Still Dre and all this shit. And um, there's a lot of people that, like, when you get under something, like, imagine Dr. Dre be like, yo, Mike, I love your beats, bro. Just come through. Mm-hmm. And, and then you go to the studio and you play him a beat. Like, yo, I love this beat. I give you $10,000, but don't tell nobody you made it. I made it. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be like, cut the check, motherfucker. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> it's like, oh, you, know you only saying? got you only got 10 on you? I got like six more beats. Let's Yeah, and uh, but but then people feel also like stuck under the people, you know what I'm saying? They're mm-hmm. like, yeah, man, this shit is so easy. I want to be, and then you you get stuck for your fucking for for your fame and shit. Because at the end of the day, a lot of these niggas got lower level either producers or just people playing instruments. And Yo. that's from being in a lot of studios to be. To, and I'm like, oh, why are niggas always got the person that does this and does that? But if you really think about it, if you can't play the piano that good, you and find you got somebody the, who does, yeah, who does, and you tell them the melody. Yeah, still your idea, but they don't want that press the buttons and make that shit work. And and sometimes it comes doper when you make somebody else do it because they're just looking at it for the notes and you know like like the mm-hmm. perfection of the sound, and you just think about the idea. So they're like, yeah, I know your idea. Boom, it's real. I'm the best fucking pianist in the world right here. Boom. This, this and this then you have this banging ass record. Nature of the business. More people to throw under the bus. Nah. <laughs> it, you know, it, this this is like we gotta get it's enough gotta, people. It's enough people under the bus. We good. I, I think we've we've gotten enough. All the wheels are red. Uh, we oh God. That means we got we gotta come back to you at the end of the year and be like. I'm about so, to say. So who's left? The kill count. <laughs> it's like how and many people do we hit last time? I got Not yet, but but in the future, since I'm gonna be talking to the people direct, I'm just gonna keep it on a more positive note. No, sometimes because it doesn't really matter. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't really matter. It's just opinions. If people get mad at people's opinion because mm-hmm. everybody like like rappers so egotistical that all these niggas think that they're always gonna be dope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, bro. I was about to say, man. To me, the best way to be successful is to have people behind you who have a good ear and an honest mouth, are willing to tell you when, like, yeah, this ain't it. You know what I'm so saying? Like, here's one, go. So here's one thing that I learned about how to make people in music work. You don't tell them no, and you don't tell them something is bad. How you correct them is by giving them a challenge in the thing that they couldn't do. Like, hey. That wasn't a bad take, but how about you try doing it this way? Oh, okay. And the way you're saying it, yeah. And you get a lot of second place winners this way. And this is one of the reasons why these egotistical people continue. This is why, just like he said, all of these people still have these large ass egos. And it's because it's just gone unabated. And nobody. But you also got to see, you also got to think like if you were fucking. If you've been around the world, even with one song, right? If you've been around the world, mm-hmm. it gives you a different perspective about what you think your ability, like your confidence and your abilities. You'd be like, yeah, I could do this anytime, nigga. I don't really. And then when people, sometimes people's opinion is based on giving, like, for you to retain your integrity and things of that nature. And sometimes people don't give a fuck about that. They just want to make that next shit. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Cause in reality, a lot of the shit that really makes money is things that are not like, it's so many different things. It's like even just rapping for little kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the ABCs and stuff. Like my little kids be watching this Cocomelon shit. They got like the biggest channel on YouTube. Oh my God. You, know, see, you never really see uh, like black artists taking these lanes because it's like, Oh, that's corny. You know what I'm saying? Like doing, like yeah. doing, like doing. I was about to say, like, but like sometimes the song, when like, they um, see the check involved, then they're like, "Oh." <laughs> some of them do, but that's why you can't really be like 
yo, that shit is whack because a lot of the whack shit get the most money. You know what I'm saying? Like the whack shit is gonna get you the sponsorship from Coca-Cola and from these yeah. other companies that they don't really they want you to they <laughs> kind of like TV rap. You know what I'm saying? Like when you listen to somebody on TV rapping in the show, and then you're like, I get it, I get what you're trying to do, but that shit's corny. It's never it's never like, oh, this nigga, this TV, this character on TV is crazy with the rhymes. Listen, right? when Pusha T made that McDonald's uh ba da ba ba ba, you knew. His soul was like, "Are we really about to do this?" And he man, said, "Fuck, man, you, yo, that's why I don't like Pusha T, man. Man, Pusha T full of shit, bro. Niggas is sitting on. Why is he on Drake fucking back like that? And he over here doing fucking McDonald's songs, bro, and other shit. That's like you, you just first you made of, a lot of money for that McDonald's. Jamal, Listen, Jamal, man. Jamal, 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 why is he so happy to be a drug dealer as a fucking forty plus year old man?" <sighs> What's your obsession with selling drugs that you just can't let it go, bro? Just make yeah. a better type of yo. You know what's really whack? You see how him and his brother broke up? Yeah, him and Malice. Bro- yeah, now his name is No Malice. Oh God! Right, his name is No Malice, and mm-hmm. it's funny you said, "Oh God." He do gospel rap. He just, he just, he does positive God shit. Okay. This nigga, this nigga has like thirty thousand followers. And fucking and and Pusha T, oh, Devil's son himself, got over a million followers. Oh God! I respect No Malice. The, the message is different, man. The, no the Malice, No different. Malice, No Malice said, "I'm not going to hell with you. I don't care how many followers you got." <laughs> and Pusha Both T's like, I don't give a fuck, nigga. I sell crack. <laughs> yeah, I, I push dope, nigga. I'm like, push bro. Dope. Was when was the last say, time you man. pushed dope, bro? When was the last time you pushed dope, nigga? And then, and then, and then you want to fight for a fucking prison reform. I mean, that's why white people don't <laughs> take it serious, bro. You like go, you sitting there with Hillary Clinton. You know what I'm saying? You fucking up all the way. You with Hillary Clinton talking about prison reform, and then you go in the studio and say like, "Yo, I pump bass like that, Jack." Okay. <laughs> and where, where do you put the limits though on a rapper? <clears throat> Like, is it, are the rappers able to talk about their past and know that they have grown from that? Like, Jay-Z was a drug dealer for mad long. And Jay still talks about that white stuff every Not like that. Not like that. Not like that. Yeah, not like that. that. Not like he that. has millions yeah. of songs that's not him obsessing well, over selling people narcotics. Those. You know what I'm saying? Like, Pusha T, like, he makes No, me Pusha T is very heavy coke rap. Yeah. He yeah, makes yeah. me feel evil when I listen to him. And I don't feel like a good person. And sometimes you like it. you like, yo, this is fire. But then, yeah. why am I listening to yeah. this? Not night. Yeah, like, he's truly disgusting. You go, yeah. Like, he's disgusting with his own rhymes. And he's just like, yeah, I can't believe I said that. Yeah, man. I'm not going to lie, man. I'm, I'm drawn to that kind of rap, man. He's dope, bro. He's dope. Is it? I'm just being honest in the aspect of do I think it's cool that he's obsessive with his drug rap? No. But mm. do he have fire dope rap? Yes. Yes, he does. But I'm not going to listen to that show all the time. My favorite right now, Griselda. And it's like, that's all of that, man. Griselda's a little better. They're more about... They're taking... It's dumb too, though. It's dumb too, though. I'm not going to front. It's dumb too, though. Because when you get to a certain age, you just like... You just look at it for what it is. You know what I'm saying? And even as a parent, 
you just start to think of the other ways that this could fucking this is not good for society per se outside of entertainment value but it could possibly create violence it could possibly create drug dealers or drug use and you start to think yeah. like how much of this is a healthy dose of this before it affects people in a negative way mm. you know what i'm saying before i say yo because Griselda's fire benny the butcher is super fire Conway is dope, but I think that they update West stock to me when, has the when, best albums. Most what's our albums, uh, yeah. Out of, out of all, them, I don't know. Well, he's but, like a real creative person, but I don't really, I don't. West, he's dope. Man. He's dope for what it is, and I know people like him, but he's not really. I think he's probably the worst one out of all of them. I think it's Benny the Butcher, Conway, then him. But he does a lot of the artistic stuff. He he does a lot of like the artwork and the ideas. That's what I'm saying, and and that's what makes to me his albums better. Just like it, just sonically, it just sounds like a better album. But when it comes to the rapping ability, yes, Benny and Conway, they they have that in in spades, man. But I get tired of it real quick. I listen to it. I listen to it. You know who I really like right now? Thirty Eight Special. My bricks better than theirs. Y'all better come pay dues. An extra gram jumping back for every one they lose. These niggas fire when the guns they use. Not me, I got my own stick. Like I'm about to come play pool. Riding a car with bricks, that's one brave move. I never did it. That's why my bitch one paid mule. Niggas say they want gunplay cool. But they don't really want go there. It's like Sunday school. Them niggas dead on arrival. Don't question the title. No chance for survival. They ain't checking your vitals. A fast call with a gun, try and catch up the rivals. I got a lamb and a stick, like I'm fresh up the Bible, huh? A young nigga with Mexican idols. I just left from Ohio. We met up for single to mile. Complexion for connection. I'm melon albino. I went broke and sold wax, like I'm selling a vinyl, huh? Nigga, I know your type. Not 38 specials, nice. Yeah. 38 specials. He's been doing shit with um with Benny, and he's like, he's got this like wise guy funny shit going on, but he's serious. Yeah. But he's mad yeah. funny. He's like yeah. mad sarcastic, and and I think like his character changed a little bit from before, because before he was just more hardcore and serious. Now it's like he's hardcore and he's funny, but it's supposed to be serious, but he's still being funny. And I like Nori. You know what I'm saying? Like when Nori would yeah. come up off the wall shit, but it's gangster. Yeah. But you're like, why would you say that? That's crazy. So he has a lot of funny shit like that that um I'm actually trying That's to saying, I'm I'm drawn to that that kind of hip hop, that element of hip hop. But I guess being older and like now knowing better, like I can kind of dissect myself like through that. It's like it's like what like with video games, like I can play like a, a game with tons of violence. I'm me, I'm not the type of person to go out and reenact what I just you know what I'm saying, which just witnessed or was entertained by. I mean, you, know you didn't like, try to snatch someone's spine out. <laughs> nah, 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 but you know what the thing is too. The me. thing is, the thing is that that um it's so it's not really like it's a um it's double entendres in the music it's a whole bunch of different things that if you're depending on your level of intelligence and intellect applied to you listening to the music and your experiences you could you could disassociate from trying to be like it or wanting to be like it or mm-hmm. just even being like yo benny butch is a dick but i like his music you know what i'm saying like he says a lot of <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying but if you're a little kid you more like Yo, I look up to Benny. Benny's the realist. Say, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So that's yeah, where the that's, that's, that's where the danger is to. because yeah. we're already. Who I wouldn't we play are. that kind of music around. You know, like, like we're already who we are, and but then it's like, why does the music always have to? 
why does our music, why does our hip hop music always have to reflect a level of bragging about dumb shit? My daddy's podcast is called Hyphenation. It's the world's greatest podcast. Barack Obama proved. On Hyphenation, my daddy talks about all kinds of cool things. And sometimes I'm on the podcast too. Sometimes he has his friend Marcus on. Sometimes he stays up really late and he's tired the next day. But it's worth it. But he loves his podcast and I love his podcast. So I really want you to listen to Hyphenation. So daddy doesn't get sad. He really doesn't get sad though because he has me. Alright, please listen to Hyphenation. Thanks y'all. I love the podcast. So please, please, please try to join. But if you know him. Thank you. Can we hear it now? That just comes from our cart. Uh, I feel like our culture, like that's what we've we've always had. That you know what I'm saying? No, I think that I think that I think that when they push certain type of music, you have to be wary of who's pushing the music and who makes the shit popular. So then the other people that want to be popular have to kind of follow in line with that same shit because there's a lot of people that rap about positive shit, and it's not really that people don't want to listen to positive shit. Is that that's not the type of music that they invest money in mm-hmm. to blow up. You know what I'm saying? And all the people that do that, like the baby and stuff like that, these people are buying it, they, their way into the music business, bro. If you give me, if you give he me, can t- rap too, though. Like listen, he bad. could rap, but it's not even about the talent. It's about the association of the people that he's with and the songs that it's just like I did a song with this person, I did a song with that person, or now I'm doing shows with this person and that person. But it initially it's starts. Crazy, man. It I initially starts with like the baby paying, up. paying like little boozy seventeen thousand dollars for a verse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, yeah. and then Boozy did like two joints for him, and then he's like, "Yo, I paid little baby for a verse." You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I, I have certain things that I'm like, "Damn, if I had a couple of racks right now, I could do a song with this nigga, or that nigga." That's a mid-level to high-tier rapper, and that would turn around so much faster too. Yeah, it's just basically about the association of the people that you do this shit with. You know what I'm saying? And certain, and a lot of these street niggas that is just throwing away money. It's like, yo, my nigga, if you call Jada Kiss and you're like, yo, I got 10000 for you right now, he's doing that shit. Oh, yeah, facts. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And the fucking struggle, any rapper, you'd be like, yo, I got $5,000 right now, just come to the studio. They're going to do that shit. So a lot of times, a lot of the people that get the chance aren't even the best at what it is that they're doing. But if they have, if they really live that life of balling and having the bread, a lot of these niggas is buying their way in, even if they're dope or not. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just helps that that the baby is dope. Like, when I send niggas my music, niggas would be like, yo, I like your shit. I'll do it for this much. You know what I'm saying? Because then they just gauge the value. Like, yo, I'll do it. Like, he's nice, but I'm yeah, not going to yeah. do that shit for free. It's not, it's not a bad look. But, yeah. the, but then there's a lot of niggas that just take the money and they don't even care. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, especially when you're talking big numbers like that, to give somebody $40,000, $50,000 for a verse, nobody's really going to put that shit down. So the people that tend to do that, who who are like the real street niggas that's really out here selling heavy dope, heavy crack, all that shit, pimping, doing all the fucking shit to get the legal money, and they waste it like that. They just buy their way into the business, and even if they're nice. And I know for a fact that he was one of them because I I like I I could tell when somebody fucks with you and when somebody is just you did a song with them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Sometimes people just do songs together and you never see them associate. You know what I'm saying? 
you never know of them being cool. You know what I'm saying? Out the blue, they just have a song. The next thing you know, when they blow up and they do the next song with the person, it's with so the same crazy, person, man. now they're I like mad cool. Drop, man. <laughs> Yo, I think... I think that Jay Z wasn't that cool with Biggie when they did that song. I think that he paid for Brooklyn Finest. I think that was well money well spent though. But uh, th- hundred that- because because Dame Dash was saying that Diddy wanted them to pay for Biggie, and then he did that shit. But I don't really remember seeing outside of maybe um what was that video? It was the video. It was all of them niggas. It was like Biggie, Smooth Hustler. It was that Dead Presidents. Mm. Like the that president's video shoot was like AZ, it was Smooth Hustler. It was a couple of top bigger names there, and they was together and and um Biggie. But other than that, I didn't really ever see Biggie and um and Jay-Z together. You know what I'm saying? But that's how it starts. I paid you for a song, we did a verse, I like your shit. It's not that I wouldn't that I don't think you're nice, it's that But I'm, I mean, hold on. I'm so- not now pay for my energy. I don't really know you like that. Pay for my energy. Yeah. And then if, it, if the shit blow up, we could do a video for it. You know what I'm saying? Everything wasn't getting a video before. I was going to say, like, um, that last Biggie album had damn near everybody in everybody's top five anyway. So Which you one? had... Life After Death? Yeah. That's Life probably, after that's, that's probably That was probably even after the fact. You know what I'm saying? Like, Biggie died and now everybody wants to be a part of something. And they just finished certain things out. You know what I'm saying? Because at the same time, like... At that time, I think that Biggie and Jay-Z were better friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, when when it comes to life after death, now you already paid him for something and he did that shit for you, for your album. And now you guys create a fucking friendship. Because a lot of times people just, they they just like, my nigga, I'm not going to the studio for free. I don't care who the fuck you are. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You get the label to pay the shit. They come through and you buying affiliations, bro. I think I can make almost anybody blow up if they really just have bread. Because a lot of people don't know how to get in contact with certain people to make certain deals. But I always get in contact with people. So if there's money, if like the only difference is like, I want this amount of money and I don't have that. But if I had that amount of money, you'd have that studio with me because so it's just, what's what's the amount? What's the what's the price? Listen, he I said ten racks is a start. No, ten no, racks no, is no. a start, bro. If you if right now, if you got something dope. And like you get like a Styles P or somebody or Jada because like that, you could probably get it for two thousand dollars, three thousand dollars, four thousand dollars. Um, I'm not, I don't really want to put people shit out there because I'm trying to do some songs with niggas and they gave me some good prices. But it's, low, <laughs> it's lower than it's lower than you think. You know what I'm saying? It's lower than you think. It's lower than you think, especially when people are just when people are just minding it. It's pandemic yeah. times, man. It's pandemic time and everybody got setups at the crib. Man, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, yo, I'm like, yo, I'll give you a thousand dollars. They'd be like, were you crazy? I'm fucking famous. I won't take no thousand dollars. They'd be like, all right, whatever, bro. Just when you need a thousand dollars, and it never fails. It never fails. Niggas be like, yo, man, you still got that thousand dollars. And then you can hit them with that. It's eight fifty now. Yeah, I only got eight fifty, bro. I send it to you right now, bro. What's up? You know what I'm saying? Because people just is. It's a game, but I respect it because I know that if I build my name up to a certain height and somebody just want to come do a song with me, if I don't know them, if I don't got no history with them and they just want to use my name to propel themselves, just pay me, bro. I'll make it fair. You know what I'm saying? I'll make it fair. I, I just... 
I'm not gonna charge you like I'm on a label. I'm not gonna charge you twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars. But but even even when you get to a certain extent and a certain point, get your forty thousand dollars. You know what I'm saying? Because the labels will pay for that shit, and that's the only difference. You know what I'm saying? I was gonna say, isn't the label prices mainly because of how many people are involved in that shit? Like let's say Michael Jackson Thriller, right? Mm-hmm. One of the best directed videos ever, right? Like one yep. of the best concepts, like just shot, just the thing, like. Why would a company put like a million dollars into something, into one thing? Because they know if they do it, it's oh, through the roof. Yeah. It's through the roof. It's, there's no, there's no. So, so the label knows that um, Nicki Minaj, right? She sold a certain amount of records, this, that, and the third. Just being on a song with her is gonna get you the automatic million views on YouTube in a couple of days, in a day maybe, depending on how hot the song is. Then it's worth what the fuck it is. You know what I'm saying? Because the yeah. bigger, because you're not making the song for today or tomorrow. It's just shit that you know they're gonna try to put in movies. They're gonna try to put in commercials that you can license in video games and do other shit. So it's a fucking investment to make a golden song. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it is what it is. Like yo, if you get Jay Z on a song, you're gonna make it. You know what I'm saying? Man, if you get Drake on a song, you're gonna make it. How many people Drake put on remixes? And they that's, didn't need it. That's true. That, that, how many times is Drake just featured on someone's song and they and blew up? For, yeah. And they could make their own career to where they could, you know what I'm saying? Usually they fuck it up because they also just, yeah. you know, like they don't understand that sometimes you gotta keep uh, collaborating with people. If your shit ain't popping on its own, you know what I'm saying? And people be like, yo, I did this song. Like, look at Designer. Like, yeah. Pam, like Panda, that was a fucking big ass record, and then he just well. Remember when Drake um hopped on? He, that he has a second song? album. He had a second album after. Yeah, but nobody cared. Nobody who cares about designer after the fact that it's like Panda's. A, I just saw Panda in the Pixar movies. I was watching with the kids. Panda, Panda. you know what I'm saying? But so did designer every, need a big feature in order to blow up? I mean, he got Kanye West on the fucking to that song, so that yeah. helped. Oh yeah, that was that was. Actually and then that was song. on the Life of Pablo, I think. Yeah, he yeah, was. Yeah, he he was. Yeah. I think he put that on there with his verse. He remixed it as some weird shit. But is is remember that? And, but some people do that Drake? on their own too. Because uh, Jake Cole, he did it on his own. He did it on his own. Um, Kendrick just ultimately built his shit up, and you know now he's the boss, and he can feature whoever the fuck he want. But mm-hmm. sometimes your talent is staying on his own. Kendrick needs to drop something soon, man, or just let me know that he retired or something. I mean, he's not going to go the way of Andre 3000, but he's going to be... He's a, He has a different release schedule. Oh, yeah. I, I can see. <laughs> I can definitely see that. He man. does whatever he I wants. Mean, he I don't know what Chuck Dog's doing in general, just, man, because J-Rock... People like, just don't, some people just don't want to overexpose themselves. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They don't overexpose oh, that's, that's fair, too. Because, because, fair because too, once you're on top like, for really long, people just start to hate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You yeah, say, hey, they get tired, man. you get right out good energy in the world, man. I, I love I, the good new Kendrick album. If if it was if it was the right thing to I, do, like, more people to throw under the bus. I don't really like Kendrick Lamar. I don't think you're throwing him under the bus. I think you have a good reason why you don't like him. I was about to I, say I, I, don't, I don't like him doing voices and stuff. I don't like his weird voices, but he's super lyrical. I've heard that he, a lot of but- He's one of the best to do it, but I really don't like the goofy voices. And it's just like, I think that he made like a change to be that big. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to do the voices. I got to do this. I got to do that. And before he was just spitting and he was fire. 
but now he added a different element to get bigger, which it's what's up because you want to be bigger, you want to elevate. Like a lot, say, of, time, a like lot of times, a lot of times, that people he didn't do that. Kid Man City, and maybe he just tried to keep it going. Too yeah, much. he didn't try to do keep doing the uh, different voices angle after Good Kid, Mad City as much. Like, I was about to say he he did it heavily on there, but then, on there I, in Section Eighty he wasn't doing it as much. Yeah, it's different. It's different shit though. That's always like, mm, it's like his delivery on it. You know what mm. I'm saying? Not as much because what you think like, might not what be. What about his more like recent? Like, damn, yeah. damn was dope. Damn was dope too. All of this shit was dope. He's I, one of the best, hands down. But me personally, I'm not motivated to always listen to that shit. Like, I'll listen to oh, it, and yeah. like, yeah, and I'll be like, you're like, this is super dope. Yeah, but. Yeah. Even you know, like on some weird shit, like I probably would more listen to Drake. I'd rather listen to Cole or Drake. Yeah, I'd rather and listen Jay to Drake Cole. over Cole. Drake over Cole. I'll listen to Drake over Cole. I put Drake then J Cole. Then J Cole. J Cole is also a little boring sometimes. Yes, but yes, he's he dope. He's I, dope. But I, I it like also has an element like, of regular. like like Dreamville. You know what I'm saying? Like that that whole crew and everything like that when they're doing stuff like that. Like, but. Yeah, J. Cole albums, they're, they're kind of more so underwhelming, unfortunately. But but you still I mean, it depends because that KOD album was super dope. It, it's dope. Like, his albums are dope. That's but it's super like, dope. But if, like, you put it against someone's, like, Kendrick's album, you know what I'm saying, collection, is like, it doesn't even compare. You know what I'm saying? Like, or Drake, know. you know what I'm saying? It doesn't even compare. Like, people. Yeah, uh, he's a, Drake make way more fun songs. So he's he's a little more serious of an artist. And then, um, I also don't like that he tries to make himself look more normal than he is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he tried to do regular shit. Like, he was in a documentary, like, right, oh. right? And he was like, I'm just a regular guy. And then he had, like, a fucking... Um, he had, like, his SUV. And then he pulled out the bike from the SUV. And then he rode away in the bike. <laughs> I was like, nigga, you're not regular, bro. You're going to drive that shit around the block. And then you're going to put that bike right back in the SUV. And they're going to yeah. drive you home. Like, you're not a regular person. Stop fronting. Like, you're just out here riding bikes. You can be like, you know I want to be regular again. But you drop them in there like a, like Yo, a Mike. video game. Yeah, Mike. Mike. Yes, Mike. Listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> his bike was in his SUV. I'm saying he's not regular he anymore. He pulled it out so he could look regular. Like, oh, I'm just living this regular J. Cole life. Because oh, man, that's you know what I'm saying? Like, if you just take out the... Don't show that it was in the SUV, bro. Just show up with the bike. <laughs> but what if that was the joke? You know, like... What if that was the joke, though? What if that was the joke? It was like, yeah, I'm regular. And he nah. pulls it out of... He didn't even uh, think about it. He didn't even think bird. about it because he really... Everything else was serious. You know what I'm saying? Like, why out the blue you want to joke around about... I thought you was a real regular person. Mm. You didn't see that? It was a documentary. I think it came out with... Uh, yeah, no, I seen, I seen it. I know what you're talking about. Some album he had or something. And it came, I was like... And it was dope. And then at I the think end, it I was like, the, the... I've been watching the, too much anime. Oh, Eyes, was it for that? I think it was for something later. I'm not sure, but I, I don't I don't remember listening to that album. I know that's one of his best albums, but I don't know. Yeah, I was about to say it was one of his best albums, yeah. And that, that was when I seen him um on that video of him riding around the town. But I remember him getting off the uh, the that like van with the bike. His fucking car service. And then he like yeah. rode away like at the end of the documentary. Oh, I'm I'm regular. I'm just <laughs> I'm like, bro, you didn't need the show it was in the SUV. It's just weird. It's just like you're not really riding a bike, bro. You're coming right back to right there, bro. You're not going home. 
He riding a bike through the city, man. He want to touch the city real quick. Want to ride through, get inspired, man. That's how he gets inspired. But that's cool. But show that that's what you know what I'm saying. Like, I know. I know. It's just weird, like the, the, the flexes, you know, like his flex. Like I'm so just a regular you person. Take the bus next time, you gotta latch it on the front of the bus. Just take on the bus. Just don't show that you took it out of your car service. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're not regular. You, there's nothing regular about you. You're just a star. Oh, fine. You earned that. You work for that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> word, word, though. Yo, one I'm... day, when this is the last story. One day, I was, I was fucking going to the store. And the nigga J. Cole was shooting a video outside of my house. I was like, nigga, this ain't your house. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, <laughs> nigga was trying to make it look like he lived in my building. <laughs> Yo. Oh, that's crazy. That is hilarious. In Harlem. I was like, man, what are you doing here, bro? Oh, uh, you know what? That reminds me. You've been doing the New York Boston thing. I mean, I, I'm, I moved to Boston in two, 2016, 2015 when I, when I met Kiki and stuff. But I was always in New York. Yo, wait, you weren't with Kiki when she was doing rap ciphers? No, I I met Kiki in 2014. And, um, you know, she's she's not far video. away. She's not far away. She can hear you. She's like, you don't remember? No, no, no. I, I totally remember. I'm just saying, like, because what happened was that we met and then um, we was at the same open mic. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we exchanged numbers and stuff. But then later on, we was Facebook friends. I don't know how it started, but we were just Facebook friends, and I just started talking to her through Facebook. So it was a little time before we met and before we, like, just started talking because she lived over here. Mm-hmm. Um, she was performing. I was like, yo, I was like, yo, shorty, nice. She could rap. And then when she told me she lived in Boston, I was like, what the fuck I'm going to do? <laughs> You're like, you know what? Boston. But then I decided to come check her. She invited me over here, and I, and I checked her. Malden was super whack, but I just love hanging out with her. Malden is pretty damn whack. Um, but now which, it's dope. But now it's dope. Now that we got two kids, it's like that's just the whack shit. Just the just the fire whack shit. Oh, <laughs> I want I my kids to, say, to be. This is yeah, Malden. Yeah, Malden. I was about to say I'm in Medford right now. Right next to <laughs> Yeah, it's dope. As an older person, as an older like, if you're a younger person, you're just trying to. Do I've, shit I've been here just, since I was a kid, though. So, but yeah, I, I, I feel like I'm an old soul. So. Yo, listen. I mean, this is what you want to do too, because if you don't really do music or stuff like that, it's just certain industries that's in New York where you could, I, I, you know, like. No, that's I'm the like, thing. When I was young, I, I wanted to do music bad. <laughs> I was rapping my ass off when I was a kid, but because that's what this, really make New York dope. You know what I'm saying? Is the I was about to say, yeah, the accessibility that, to the people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and it's just it's just a dope place to like all these people that was trying to make it. It's a lot of people I see on TV. I'm like, damn, nigga, I remember we was rapping together, nigga. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's one of the coolest things I think is uh, the availability of people in New York where, you know, down here, you're not really getting that. But because if you really think about it, like niggas that's rapping is just a whole bunch of niggas with dreams. You yeah, it's like it's just support, but it's like a class. It's like a class of you know what I'm saying. Like if you started doing it at a certain time and I started doing it, then we just look at each other like, yeah, we sophomores together, we juniors together, peers, yeah. And then yeah. and then everybody just if you're focused on what you're doing, everybody always get different opportunities at different times, and it's just good to see like, oh, I was just rapping with this nigga. Look, he's on MTV. Or he's at this battle. He's doing this. Or mm-hmm. I got on this song with this person. And it's just like a, 
it's like that's what pushes people to be nice i think too you know what i'm saying is that you know these other dope artists that is like it's just real people trying to get on but niggas is super talented and you kind of want to be better than them you know what i'm saying so like when i came over here it wasn't as um be great together not even as competitive like I can't say it's competitive because maybe it was other people that I was, that I that I didn't come across that were dope, but it just feels like it's more it's more like yo that's the person that's hot, as opposed to a whole bunch of scene of people trying to mm-hmm. fight for that spot. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not that many opportunities to be like yo. I know ten. Like that, man. It it I, sh- I'd I would have rather if there was more that churn here than. Than what we have because that churn provides opportunity that churn even the people who don't make it who don't blow up you know there's some something where you hear about them you know you, their name still you know they've yeah. been in so many battles they've been in so many places because of that churn and whether they blow up or whether they stay local or whether they stop doing shit, their name was in there you know your name is in there because you were in that process as well in New York, whereas here, you know, there's so many people we could say there's some really nice Boston rappers, but because there's no churn, there's because there's no real scene here. Yeah, we can't. And you can't really say that it's not a scene, really, but it's just like I don't. I think that maybe the people um, are, are more fighting for lesser yeah. spots. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Or what they say, feel, no or what they feel is a lesser like spot York, because man. it's also in New York. You also uh, it's just entrepreneurs. It's just people that's making their own little ways, and everybody doesn't make it, but to a certain level, you know what I'm saying. But in mm-hmm. there's also like when I first came in, right, and I did a show. Uh, Kiki hooked me up with a show at church when that shit was open. I remember church. The niggas is at church. I went over there. I killed that shit. I jumped on the fucking stage. I jumped in the crowd. I was talking. I was rapping to people in the crowd. Like I already did mass shows, so I already know how to do that. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like. I'm from New York. They're gonna love me. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. I don't know. I don't know the history of where I'm at. So I was like, I came up there. I was like, yo, what's up, y'all? I just got off the bus from New York. She was mad quiet. I was like, all right, fuck y'all niggas. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody get. I was like, yo, I just came from New York to perform for y'all. And they're like, mad. yeah, all right. She, she was mad quiet. Then I just performed. And I was like, that ain't far away. And then I was rapping. And they, yeah, it was like, that's not far, nigga. So what? <laughs> Down the block, bro. So I was some rapping, and nobody's like, yeah, in New York. Nobody showed me love. And I'm like, all right, fuck y'all, And then I get off. And then they're like, yo. They like they like they just came up to me and they was like, yo, that nice. Like, <laughs> like that nice. and they couldn't like they couldn't publicly say, yo, New York nigga, you could rap. Yeah, no, nah, nah, Why not can't. though? I don't you understand can't. that, man. It was weird, that. but then I then I had a when I was like, yo, next time I do this, I'm gonna downplay the New York shit. Because I think I don't know, maybe it's the sports shit. I don't know what it is. But yeah, it's also I, a little bit of that. There's think, enough room for everybody. But That's I also think I also there. think that they think that we think a certain way, but we're just confident in what we do. And we're from the Mecca of the shit. So we feel like we have a responsibility. Mm-hmm. So everybody doesn't get to be like, yo, I'm I'm fire in New York. You know what I'm saying? Like niggas is competitive. So if you go over there, they also would be like, 
Yo, if you nice, you nice. You know what I'm saying? If Gangstar come out, he's from Boston, right? Guru? Yep. Yeah. Girls. Yeah, yeah. If he come out there, he's fucking nice, then you're fucking nice, nigga. We don't, we don't, we're not really <laughs> on no weird shit like that to where we don't show love to out of town niggas either. You know what I'm saying? I think, that, say, that, I think that that's more here than enough room there. for everybody, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. niggas in Boston got more beef with New York than New York got niggas in Boston. Like, we don't care. Like, we don't even feel like we can't do it if you do it. You know what I'm saying? We feel like, yo, you do it, I do it, we all do it. Nigga, who gives a fuck? You know what I'm saying? I was about to say, this is from my perspective as growing up, like someone who wanted to rap coming from Boston. Y'all already have your environment over there and it's healthy and thriving. So you guys don't even have to look this way. You know what I'm saying? It's like, we know if right you come, But if you come over here, it's showing love to you know because, like, because I've seen a lot of Boston niggas come. Right? Terminology. Yeah, though, yeah. Man. No, I'm saying, but just like, niggas don't never be like, this is going to be the few that make it out if they come over here and they thrive in that environment as well. But they had to do that. A lot of them in Boston, that ecosystem ain't really popping off like that. So it's like, it's just a just a dead space, you know what I'm saying? Nobody's trying to put life in it, like you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people blame people like Benzino and stuff like that, like, but it is what it is, you know what I'm saying? So like we can't just be as a as a culture, but at the same time too, we don't have any infrastructure here. Like they, what labels are in Boston? You know what I'm but saying? it doesn't like, even really matter like, no more. If you really think about it though, the advantage that people had, right? Like when I was being in front of the labels and being in front of the shit to try to meet people, right? Which is what people have to do at that time, right? Yeah. I, no, all right. So yeah. at that time, that shit counted. But now, yeah, since word. I moved it's here, into that era, yeah. Since yeah. I moved here. I'll still be making songs with people that I'm not even seeing face to face because it doesn't even Hold matter. Up. I'm hollering at niggas on the internet. This fucking uh, the main way to get attention is through the internet. So you don't yeah. w- to be in New York doesn't mean nothing as much as to be in Boston with a video that has over a hundred, two hundred thousand views to start. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, no, I understand that. Make yourself pop. So a label doesn't. Yeah, there's examples of it. Like, like the neighborhood in New York can now tune into what. Boston is doing not even having to come to Boston. Just yeah, looking at the internet, to, looking at the internet and saying, oh, this nigga from Boston is fire and he's... Because basically what's what's the new demo? The new demo is, nigga, get your own views and holla at me. That's the new demo. That That's the new demo. The, nobody be like, yo, listen to this dope song, blow it up for me. No, nigga, go shoot your own video. Go pay somebody $500, $1,000, yeah. $200 sometimes. Shoot your own video. Make your own shit up. And start buzzing, nigga. No, you yeah. know what I'm saying? It's and worked, and if worked. we like your and if we like your potential, we'll help that push we'll help you push that and make people think that you're still doing it independent, but somehow, some way you gotta oh, get yeah. it rolling. Yeah. You gotta get it rolling. You know what I'm saying? Once you get it rolling and we like your potential and we see that it and then we just add fuel to it, we start breaking bread. Because you also gotta think that what a label did. A label gave you money to go record, to shoot video, and to do all of that. And now you can do that on your own. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you don't even want a label per se. You just want to be. And also, how the streaming services is so easy to get your music on there. Mm, yeah, but not no, easy saying, to get paid no, from saying, it, though. And independence is big right now, and it's easy to do. You know what I'm saying? What, it, it's. It's a lot of work, but it can be worth it in the end, especially when you do have the ownership. best work. The best work is the ownership. The best, yeah, the best, the ownership. The best way exactly, to try yeah. to do it because any other way, you're gonna be working for crumbs for your yeah. own shit, and then you don't own your shit, and then when your Word. shit really pop, then you gotta renegotiate. You can't get those royalties. Want, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they yeah. they own that shit. You know what I'm saying? So when you just build your own shit, 
I think I think the the game changed when people started taking their advance money and started building studios and doing other things. So instead of just wasting studio, bruh, they will build their own studio and then record nonstop. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And 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 then with MySpace, like I was in the studio with Sean Price, right? He was telling me that um when when he um like right before he passed away, like two weeks before he passed away, we did the song. God damn, that's sad. When, it was super sad because me and him was mad cool and um I just wanted to work with him, you know what I'm saying? I just wanted to shoot mm-hmm. some videos for him and he was down and stuff and you know that should happen. But um he was telling me how um how basically he made like a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars of doing verses on MySpace from when it first started. Like when it first started bubbling and people just started to be able to be like, Oh, that's Sean Price and talking to him. All over the world, he's just getting five thousand, ten thousand dollars. You know what I'm saying for doing shit. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's why the labels killed MySpace because it was a direct line to the consumers that all niggas got to do is record songs and put it out. You know what I'm saying? Just record songs and put it out, and you don't have to worry about a label doing something for you. Because even on MySpace, when it was getting to the point where it, um. Uh, you got the players and stuff like you had the players that was keeping count of your music and all your toes. Mm-hmm. A lot of people started having million, million views. You know what I'm saying? Million My, views. MySpace was big for uh, music. Yeah, but I think that's why they killed it. And they try to make it look like MySpace is like like it was just defunct. But they really bought it. Facebook bought it out. The next thing you know, that shit is not even working. No. Uh, so you know I what th- I'm saying? So I have 7000 th- friends on, on MySpace. Yeah. You know I had, what I'm saying? I got I mad know. features on MySpace. Mad features say, for free. I met cannabis on MySpace for free. I was just it's under 5K. Them. You know what I'm saying? And so with the MySpace thing, MySpace died out around the same time that the RIAA did their major music sweep. Yeah. So they really fucked over MySpace. They were like, all this music that you have hosted on your site, take it off. Yeah, because it's it's creating a direct line where the labels can't do nothing, bro. Imagine if Jay Z's on MySpace. Getting- well, it wasn't just that. It was just it was that. Uh, and in one way, they were supporting the artists, but in another way, they were exacerbating a situation where artists had no control and people had no real no real way of either skipping the middleman of the music label or you know, going directly to directly, like from me to you. Yeah. I think that that's a hundred percent was the fact that, um, I was talking to this, to this rapper, um, hurricane G hurricane G was telling me, um, how she didn't, cause she was on the Def jam. I think she was on um, Eric Sermon's baby mom mm-hmm. and she's rapping with red man and stuff. Hurricane G she did a couple of shit with Diddy, whatever. And I think she was on Def jam. And she was talking about how when she was signed, like she didn't know like how many people wanted her to drop. And then when she got on MySpace, it was just like for the first time, because if you remember before, like a label would have like, yo, this is the this the fan mail or whatever. They'll give you an address to send these people fan mails. Mm -hmm. And and some of these labels would keep that shit and don't even let the artists connect with their art with their um with their fans like that you know what i'm saying so when she said she started doing my spaces she saw like the overwhelming love that she was getting she realized that that's like the the best way to do it is from direct to consumer because these labels will make you think that nobody care about you you know what i'm saying they yeah. make you they make it and then you go by what they're saying like that's oh, what they give, 
Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So when you're on your own platform and people talk to you direct and you can just sell them products direct, that should make them mad fearful <laughs> because little by little you just exit them out. Because if I could sell, if I got a fucking million friends on MySpace and I'm just selling my music directly from off there, or imagine if um like streaming was popping then and you just stream like you just put in music on your MySpace and get and pay for streaming and every day whenever you want you could just put a new song up there and and they just paying you for the streaming of it and shit like that like they destroyed that shit because that's etching them out that's getting them out the equation you know what i'm saying so when people like Sean Price are saying that they're making a certain amount of just features from direct to consumer shit the label want that money back you know what i'm saying they want part of that you know what i'm saying they want the part of where they control who he records with and how they how much they get paid and who gets a percentage and shit because i, I was about to say that the, the percentages that's where it all comes down to because even with this streaming era how much is a stream really worth you know what i'm saying yeah but if you think about it when you got billions of views that shit start mounting up so you can have a regular life right just with streaming like have regular but um, what does a billion like actually in a a check number and you know i'm saying what would it maybe three to? or four thousand dollars should a, a billion, billion streams amount yes. up to three or four thousand dollars? Yeah, because you're not buying it. You're not buying it. You just listening to it. So how much do you think that is cost? It's, it's cost. It's like it's like uh, zero 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 point one cent. I was about to say the artist might say different though. It's like I put up a billion streams. Listen, you know what I'm saying? And I'm just getting it. Really, is like a tenth of a penny, and it's so a tenth of a penny times a billion. It's not. It, it's going to be less than a hundred thousand dollars, but. Again, that's the nigga, the nigga Pharrell was beefing. He's been beefing with some people over that. Oh song. yeah, yeah. Oh my God, listen, happy. I like think three thousand dollars for happy. Yeah, but he so was I was like, what? You got paid three thousand dollars for happy on streaming? So he. That's wild, man. That's wild, man. <laughs> that's one of the biggest songs on earth. They get to control the market. They get to say this is how much this costs. Those same people so, who, uh, who actually shut down. That's the RIAA, but also a lot of those are old ass rules that they had put in place since the sixties, seventies, and eighties. None of it has changed. It as the it never changes. They never try to change. They fight as long as they can because now you also have uh, people that are like even with the Dave Chappelle shit. Like now because of the streaming, now they're trying to do shit that if you let them get away with it, they'll be like, "All right, I'm putting um the Dave Chappelle show on Netflix, and you don't get no money off it." You not it, it was you got to renegotiate that contract because streaming wasn't a possibility before, and now that you're using my likeness for that, like you're licensing my show to put it on Netflix, I should get some type of percentage off it, even though we never had that agreement because now that's a new form of that's a new way for you to make money off me, no, right? Yes, right? Yes. It, and it was never in a contract before because it wasn't a thing, but now that is a thing, you got to restructure it, and you can't. A lot of these people that own the copyrights to certain things are just pushing it. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? To see like who's gonna fight against it that's on the yeah. shit that's big enough to even hire a lawyer and get the shit done to be like yeah. oh, you can't really use my likeness because it's just new. You know what I'm saying? So I got a powerful voice, man. He got a powerful voice. Powerful and he did. Mind. That's how he got that shit mm-hmm. off Netflix. He works with them. Yep. He got that shit off the HBO uh, Max. I was about to say, yeah. But not HBO a lot of people could do that. You know what I'm saying? Not a lot of people got that much pull and clout to be able I, to I was say, about to say, a lot of people don't have enough balls to, you know what I'm saying, just go out there and say it. In, in a way that he says it too, like his tactfulness and the way that he, 
he's, his comedy, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he's at a place where he could, like, he has enough clout to, that that matters. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He has enough relationships where people are going to say, yo, I need to save this relationship with him. So fuck this old show. And I bet you they're going to come back and they're going to pay him. You know what I'm saying? Because they they're going to want it up there. And they Net- want it Netflix. up there. Netflix. I will say Netflix has been really brilliant about how they've been approaching individual people for specific things. Like, you know, even the small time comedians and they're like, here, go make a show, go run your comedy thing. And we paid you We're supplementing for the show and all, and just, you're going to do advertisement runs after that. You're done. Thank you. I think, and, and if you haven't, uh, gone to look into Netflix's stand up, they have a shit ton oh, of stand up. A ton of stand up. Like, Hilarious in, in <laughs> like 2020, I can say they might have put up like 30, 40 stand ups. Half yeah. of the Not people yet, that's I've it, never that's even it. Seen. I think that's probably one of the main fucking target points is, the, is their stand ups and shit. Yeah. But, but they, they also don't, but they also don't have the classic ones. They don't own you know them. Those would be like a HBO. lot of them. Yeah, yeah a lot H- of them. HBO yeah, a lot of shit. shit. A but HBO of- isn't even streaming them, which is sad. If you think about it, Netflix doesn't have all the top movies that we grew up watching. No. They no. mostly no. don't have it. No. I, the other day, I was like, Howard the Duck? That shit was on there for like a week, for like a month or something. I'm like, where's Howard the Duck? I want to see it again. I should not on there again. You know what I'm saying? They just had Ninja Turtles 2. Yep. They, had like, they had like Home Alone, but they have it for a limited time. You know what I'm saying? Like they just bought that shit, I guess, to see if people will watch it. I that's that's all part of that licensing game that all of these big companies play. It's like they're not really making money by doing some of these. Like they'll buy, but they're making money off of the licenses. So imagine, take for instance, a few years ago when Netflix started doing all of those Marvel movies. Uh, yeah. Excuse me, Marvel TV shows. They bought licenses for cheap, but then now those same characters blow up. And when they're taken back, they're at a new level. And same thing's going to happen with these comedians. Now they've got exposure. They're going to be more expensive. But Netflix put them on the block. Netflix is going to control who is going to... I think they said, one comedian said, Netflix has an option of saying no to to their next engagement. Netflix could be like, nah, that's direct competition. No. That's crazy. Can't essentially anyone say no? They have options to say no. Can you imagine that, right? Imagine you leave your girl, and she's like, you can go fuck whoever you want, but I have an option of saying no. That's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, but that's how they... I'm pretty sure like a lot of those bigger acts that they're trying to break, that they know have potential, like they're going to sign them for a couple of them shits. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like They're not going to be like, yo, one contract. You know what I'm saying? Like They're going to give them extra bread to do two or three. Just how they did with Chappelle, like when he first did his shit with them, he owed them a couple of them shit. And not everybody's that nice to be able to put it out in a year and shit. So they just spread it out as they get bigger. We own you. You know what I'm saying? Just like the record companies. Them niggas ain't going to try to give you no money for one album. They're going to try to sign you for five, six, seven albums. Hopefully your whole career if they can. This is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained? Yeah!